0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Regular family meal times become a place of stability and connection. Toddlers, you know, they thrive on routine. Teenagers are not any different. The more that you can create a rhythm in your life, the easier it is for them to connect with you.
1: I'm Allie Wolf, a TV news reporter taking on my biggest assignment yet, motherhood. Get ready to feel inspired and connected as we explore the journey into mom life. This is the Mom's Calling podcast. Welcome, welcome to Mom's Calling. This is a really great episode for moms, really though, for anyone who eats. So essentially, all humans who enjoy eating will enjoy this episode. Jokes aside though, as a parent, getting food on the table and avoiding takeout every night can be kind of a struggle and it can be hard to know where to start, especially if cooking doesn't come naturally to you. My guest is a real expert. She helps busy families eat dinner together at home and recapture that sense of calm in the crazy. Marie Feebock is a mom of four teenagers and the founder of Feed Your Family Tonight. She coaches families one-on-one. Also, get this, this is cool. She has a weekly TV segment on her local ABC station. She also has a podcast and a cookbook, and more we talk about how her cool career got started how she got on tv tips for getting media attention for starting a business and also really practical tips on how to plan meals how to be better at cooking also she shares some genius kitchen hacks one of them involves lettuce another ground meat you'll have to listen to hear that one marie is going to help take away your dinner dread i hope you enjoy marie welcome i'm so excited to talk to you today
0: Oh, Allie, the pleasure is mine. This is gonna be really fun.
1: Yes, and we both have something in common and that is local TV. So I thought we could start right there and explain what you do on TV because I think that what you do is kind of a dream job for a lot of people.
0: Well, you know, it is really fun. I have a weekly segment on my local ABC affiliate where I do cooking. I have always wanted to cook on television. It's been a long dream of mine and i sometimes pinch myself to think that i get to do this every week because it's really fun i cook on TV because I own Feed Your Family Tonight, where I help busy families get weeknight dinner on the table. And cooking on TV is just one piece of my job.
1: Yes. And I we're going to get so much into your business, but I want to hear how the TV thing came about, because I think that a lot of people want to start businesses and want exposure for their businesses. And what better way than being on TV? So how did you get that opportunity or how did you make the opportunity for yourself?
0: Well, I really believe in making the opportunity, Allie, that's something that if you been in news, you know that news stations have like four to six hours to fill every morning and they are looking for quality guests to come in and share what they are doing. I got my first break on our local ABC affiliate because my brother-in-law's best friend, was dating the morning anchor and i had this dream of cooking on tv and i reached out and i said hey would you be interested in having me come on and after a couple of days of text she said be here on friday at 11 for an eleven fifteen segment and i said okay i will be and that was the first thing. Once I did my first segment, the producer came and said, we need her to come back regularly. Will you come back once a month? And then after about a month of that, they reformatted their morning show and asked me to come on weekly. And I've been doing weekly for the past three years.
1: Wow, that is awesome. So you clearly had a little bit of an in, but I think a lot of people don't have that exposure to local news. And so what's a good way to get in with, whether it be your local news or just local media in general to get that exposure?
0: Well, I really believe that if you... Go through your network and see if anybody that you know knows someone at the station. If you can get some type of a personal introduction to anyone at the station, it could be from the janitor all the way up to the head anchor. Because what you're trying to do, and you know this, is to try and get to the producer. The producer is the one who is putting the shows together. But anybody in that organization can get you to the producer. And so, if you can't get someone from your local network, the next thing I really encourage people to do. Do is follow the talent on social media and be kind and respectful. And most of my friends that are in TV, and I've been doing this long enough that I have a slew of them, is they get to know the people that are interacting with their social media accounts. And then after you've taken some time to build up a relationship with them, send them DM saying, "Hey," and tie it to something that's local, something that is time relevant, and something that is interesting. So, "Hey, it's National Hot Dog Day," and I have a Great recipe for hot dog relish. Would you think about having me on for a cook cooking segment on Friday, September, whatever day it is? for National Hot Dog Day. But you've got something that is timely, something that is local, something that is relevant. My experience in local news is they'll they'll let Mm -hmm. you come on once and if you are a good guest, they'll often ask you back. Absolutely. I mean, I think
1: that from the business standpoint, it is free marketing for you. But from the producing standpoint, because I've been a producer as well as a reporter, every day they have to produce content. And if you can provide them quality content, then that is gold. So how did you know to go in? In and wow, you clearly wowed them. So how did you know what to do to put on a great segment? Did you have any experience or did you just figure it out and learn on the fly and have the natural natural talent? Part of it is my
0: personality is such that I love being before the camera. I have a background in acting. I am a professional soloist. So I have the stage presence that is necessary, but specifically to cooking on television, there is a method to a good cooking segment, you start with something that has a beginning and a middle and and an end. I always start with what the recipe is and why someone would want to make it. And I show the ingredients. And then I move on to the cooking, which is never fully cooking. It's usually one part of the recipe and stirring looks good on TV. Sizzle looks good on TV. Anytime that you are doing something active, that looks good on TV. So I do the actual cooking for just one part of the recipe. And then I have the finished recipe and a taster available. Sometimes the anchors want to taste it on air. Sometimes they don't. And I'm always respectful as to their preferences on that. They're not going to hurt Mm -hmm. my feelings if they choose not to eat it on air. If they want to eat it on air, I always have a taster available for them. And that is it. So you want to prep it you want to do the actual activity and then you want to do a closing with them tasting or talking about the finished product
1: i think that's a great tip beginning middle end that's a story you're telling a story you're you happen to be doing it with food and so i think that's a great tip that people can use so Before we get off this topic, I just have to ask, is there one thing that a TV secret or something that people don't see that you notice through your three years of going on TV?
0: Oh, well, I mean, no one wears real footwear unless they're sitting in the chairs that show their feet. (laughs) The other inside secret is that there is a real camaraderie and these people look on air how they are in real life. And the people that I've worked with are all genuine and fun and they're, they're just real people. Awesome. I love it. And with that, I want
1: to know what is your background? I know you have four kids and you are a busy mom. So what's your background with cooking and food and building your business?
0: Sure. My background with cooking and food is that I've always had an interest in food. When I was younger, I'm talking middle school. I did some cooking competitions at the state level. I loved turning in food and loved cooking. And it's a passion of mine that has always been there. How I got into Feed Your Family Tonight is that I have a 19 year old, a 16 year old and 13 year old twin girls. And my 13 year old twins were playing competitive soccer. And I was sitting on the sidelines of these soccer practices and games, and they were all right at the dinner hour. And the other moms were saying, we're going to hit the drive-through, go home, feed the family, get the homework done, get the kids in the bath and get them to bed. And I was doing all of that except for hitting the drive-through. And they started asking me how I was not having to hit the drive-through, how I was feeding my family when we were leading this crazy schedule of competitive soccer. And I had to reverse engineer What I was doing naturally and break it down into steps. And I began to start teaching that to my friends. And that was the seeds of what eventually became Feed Your Family Tonight.
1: Wow. How did you go from, I'm going to help my friends to, no, this is a business. I want to help people everywhere.
0: It really was because I knew for a long time there was a business inside of me. I had been a stay at home mom, but had had some little side contract jobs. I was working a side contract job that I knew was going to be ending because the contract was going to be ending and I wanted a business. And so I actually took a business entrepreneurship class with a person who was trying to build up her business, teaching women how to be entrepreneurs. She taught us to build a business around something that you know, a skill that you have, and something that people are already asking you for. And it took me many months to knock myself upside the head and say, everybody's asking me about feeding their families. And that is how the Feed Your Family Tonight came to be.
1: That's incredible. I want to tell you about a product I love. It is the Mule Baby Whiteboard, the easiest way for new parents and caregivers to coordinate baby care. You can log feedings, diaper changes, and sleep times. It is reusable. Just stick it to your fridge and start logging. There's also a twin version. Get 10% off your order on Amazon with the code MOMSCALLING. Enjoy. How did it start? What was the first step that you took to make it into a business?
0: The first step was to create my first product. My first product was a meal planning notebook. And I actually still have that a version of that meal planning notebook. And my first year, I was focused on public speaking. And then a dear friend pulled me aside and said, you need a cookbook. And I said, okay. And so I wrote the Feed Your Family Tonight cookbook and self-published that. And As I got deeper into trying to build my speaking business, I realized the target audience that I was trying to hit, which was mom's groups, PTOs, mothers, there's not a lot of high paid speaking gigs, the higher paid speaking gigs are more in the corporate space and more in the conference space. And most of the conferences that I was looking at weren't going to want this particular topic. And so I expanded more into online business and helping people, the masses through the internet and helping them with podcasts and with my meal planning notebook. And then I am now transitioning into more private coaching, one-on-one, helping them for just a small amount of time to make a few small little tweaks, because sometimes it doesn't take a big change to make a real big difference in your life, but someone else's eyes on what you are doing can make all the difference in the world. And that's what I'm working on now. I just love what you said there because you've
1: pivoted along the way. You thought it was going to be something and it ended up being something different, but you found something something better. Why don't traditional diets work? Because you can't fight your biology with willpower. But Calibrate is different. It's a comprehensive doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Calibrate works because they combine prescribed, FDA-approved medication with lifestyle changes to improve metabolic health. It's a fully integrated program that includes classes, one-on-one video coaching, in-app tracking, and community with members like you. They provide a comprehensive wellness plan personalized to your needs so it's easy to fit Calibrate into your busy schedule. Check in with the app as often or as little as you like. All of the goals you set are personalized and tracked by doctors and coaches. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use the promo code BELIEVE at joincalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code BELIEVE at joincalibrate.com. When I became a mom, one of the biggest mental pressures was, what are we going to eat? Who's going to go to the grocery store? What are we going to eat? Who's going to cook it and then clean it? You know, what's the importance of that home-cooked meal and, and how do we make it possible?
0: I'm going to start off by saying it doesn't always have to be home-cooked. Mm-hmm. I really believe that family dinner times are about connection and stability for your family. Partially home-cooked totally counts. So that's, that's the first thing I want to say is that this is about making dinner work in your home in real life. Life and I always have families start with looking at their schedule. And depending upon your phase of life, that's going to look different. For me, it's what's happening between 4 PM and 8 PM, which is kind of that busy hour for moms of school age kids. But if you've got toddlers, your activities are going to be what's happening during the day. If you've got a day where you're taking your kid to the doctor and you know that they're going to be really cranky and tired and hanging on to you, your energy is going to be low and you're not going to want to fix dinner. So plan ahead to fix a meal. That's something that you have in your freezer or something that's half homemade. Maybe you're going to get the rotisserie chicken at the grocery store on your way home from the doctor's appointment and grab Caesar salad mix and make chicken Caesar wraps. But think about what your life is like and set realistic expectations. So that's the first thing is the biggest tip is be realistic with yourself. What is your energy like? What is your time like? And then when you plan meals, and I really encourage moms to plan meals at the beginning of the week, because when I had littles and I was a new mom, I just had a really well-stocked pantry. And at four or five o'clock at night, I would go down to my downstairs pantry and my deep freeze. And I would say, okay, what am I going to make tonight? And it had to be something that had to get made in an hour. You can put something in a slow cooker in the morning. You can thaw some meat so that it can be ready to cook when it's dinner time. And what that does is that takes away dinner dread. I like to teach families to separate the prep from the actual cooking prep is what you need to do before you add heat and cooking is what you're doing when you add heat and that prep, oftentimes can be done at a different time of the day. For me, I do a lot of prep when I'm cleaning up my dinner dishes because my cutting board's already out. My kitchen's already a mess and I'm going to have to wipe everything down anyway. So I'm saving time. And that's a time that works for me. For you, if you're more of a morning person, maybe right after breakfast, when you're cleaning up breakfast, you can get the veggies chopped. You can get the meat cut up. Another big thing is salting your meat ahead of time. If you're, if you're someone who eats meat, you want to salt it long before you cook it most of the time because it's going to make it taste better. But if you think about the prep time and the actual cook time as two separate things that can be at the same time, you could do it all in one fell swoop in an hour, or maybe you separate that prep to another time. That is a great tip.
1: What do you do when you have somebody who comes to you and says, I'm so busy. I just don't have time.
0: I'm going to ask if they have time to go to the drive-through. I teach families to have what I call a backup meal, which is something that you can get on the table in 20 minutes or less. My favorite backup meal is bean and cheese quesadillas. I keep some tortillas in my freezer, can of refried beans in my pantry, and a bag of frozen shredded cheese in my freezer. And I can put that together with some frozen veggies or some cut up fruit dinners on the table in 20 minutes or less. We all have seasons where that's how it's going to be. And then as time adjusts and seasons adjust, then you can add in things that are a little bit more complicated or take a little bit more time. I
1: want to go back to talking more about the importance of mealtime and family time, because I love what you said about it doesn't matter if it's 100% homemade or if it's a rotisserie chicken. Can you just talk a little bit more about the importance of getting in that habit and how we can make it a priority to actually just sit down at the table together?
0: My why behind Feed Your Family Tonight is to build stronger families, children who eat regular meals with their families have statistically better outcomes as teenagers and as adults and beyond the regular family meal times become a place of stability and connection and toddlers, you know, they thrive on routine. Teenagers are not any different. The more that you can create a rhythm in your life, the easier it is for them to connect with you. And I'll give the example. I have teenagers and we are At a place in our lives where there are tender topics that are important to talk about. And it is often when we have these family meals, my children will bring up tender topics and we'll have the time to sit and have a conversation with them. And it starts when they're toddlers and it works all the way up through the teenage years.
1: No, I think that's so important. And and you need that opportunity to just sit down. You're sharing an experience. It's a time to just check in. Can you speak about why it's important even at a young age before they can talk about before they can talk? let alone talk about more tender topics like you were talking about?
0: Well, there's a couple of things. When they are little, again, that stability and that routine is so important. So if you make it a regular part of the day, they come to expect it. The other thing is when you have littles, trying new foods is really important. And when you have a place where they know that they're going to be expected to sit in their high chair for X amount of time and a toddler, you've got to be realistic. They're not going to sit there for an hour, but they might be sitting there for five or 10 minutes while you eat your meal. It's a place for them to expand their palates. It's a place for them to explore new foods. It's a place for them to see you setting the example of sitting down and eating as well. And I think that's important
1: too, even when they're little. Absolutely. I could not agree. So, I want to talk a little bit more about the actual process of making the food. I know you have some great hacks. What are some good things that you think a mom should know when she is starting to prepare meals for her family? Are there a couple of your favorite little tricks? I know you did share a good one about lettuce, but I'd love to just pick your brain on that.
0: Well, let me just start with that lettuce one because that was kind of life changing for me once I figured this out. If you are buying, Clamshell like boxed lettuce. The way to keep your lettuce fresher longer is to find a way to get rid of that moisture. And what I do is I open up my box of lettuce. I take out half of it and I put a paper towel on the bottom of the box of lettuce. And then I put a paper towel in the middle and a paper towel on the top. And those paper towels absorb the moisture and they will keep that box lettuce fresh for up to two weeks. You can change the paper towel if it gets really, really damp. That is a huge hack. And that kind of also leads to the fact that everything that is slightly prepared from the grocery store can make your life easier. So do not be afraid to buy the baby carrots if you're not gonna peel the carrots, the pre-chopped mushrooms or the pre-chopped veggies or the lettuce that is already cleaned or in a bag because that will make your life easier and get dinner on the table. And I am all about, Getting dinner on the table, it doesn't have to be Pinterest perfect. Another hack that I have, I really believe in salt plus time equals magic with meat. If you can salt your meat 12 to 24 hours ahead of time, so that might be in the morning, you know, before you cook it at night, that's going to give you eight, 10 hours. That's going to be magic. If you want to salt it the night before, salt plus time will change how you do meat. And I've got one other thing for meat. People have been floored when I teach them. Most people are cooking ground beef wrong. What I do is I take it in a cold skillet and I smash it into a disc covering the bottom of the skillet. And then you put it over medium high to high heat and sprinkle salt on top and then let it cook without touching until the bottom is browned all the way. Most people are stirring their meat all the time and they're missing the opportunity to get the browning. And the browning is going to add more flavor and is going to add more texture to your meat. And all of my followers that have been starting to do this, they're like, I can't believe I never did this. This is life-changing. So that is my biggest ground beef hack.
1: Wow. Okay. So first off the lettuce one, genius. That's a huge problem for me. Slimy lettuce is the worst. So question about the disc. So the ground meat, it comes out, it's all kind of crinkled. So you just push it down into like
0: a patty or... So you are making a patty that covers the bottom of your skillet. So if you've got one pound of meat, you're just going to spread it all the way around the bottom of your skillet. If you're like me, I'm cooking two or three pounds because I'm Mm -hmm. feeding teenage boys I will spread it all the way around the skillet and then you want to salt it then ground meat. You don't want to salt early because it can cause it to have a real spongy texture, but put the salt on top and then let it cook without moving it. Most people are stirring their ground meat constantly and you're not getting a nice deep brown crust on the bottom. Once you have a deep brown crust, you're going to flip your meat over and it's only going to take another minute or two to cook because it's almost completely cooked at that point. And then you can use a a meat chopping tool or a spatula to break it down into smaller pieces. And anything that you make with the, that brown meat from tacos to casserole or anything is going to taste better because you have that browning of the meat. Okay, that is an incredible
1: tip. I am very glad I asked that question because we make a lot of ground meat over here. So we, I'm going to do that. So what is your best tip to getting better at cooking for people who don't have a ton of experience, but really want good meals at home? Is it
0: practice or is it some sort of studying that they should do? I really think that it comes down to practice and it also comes down to recipe choice. When you are first learning how to cook or when you're wanting to improve your cooking, choosing recipes that have very clear instructions or videos along with them will help you I say stick with flavors that are familiar or stick with ingredients that are familiar don't change both at the same time so if you are wanting to learn to cook something don't try and use a bunch of new ingredients and learn a new way cooking technique don't change too much on yourself at the same time because that's where you're going to get yourself set up for failure and I want you to succeed in the
1: age of Instagram and Pinterest perfection there's a lot of pressure to think that you have to do this really elaborate. elaborate thing that needs to be photographed beautifully because I've made a lot of things that are delicious, but really ugly.
0: (laughs) Nothing has to be Pinterest perfect. It's about feeding your family.
1: Yes. Also the tools that you use in your kitchen can be very important. And I don't think that you need to have the most expensive tools, but do you have maybe a top three or just a couple things that you think are really, really important for the home cook, the mom to have on hand for preparing your just basic everyday meals?
0: My number one tool that I recommend when I do my television cooking segments is a number 40 scoop. I have it linked in my shop and you can get it on Amazon. It is like $10. It is not expensive and it makes perfect meatballs. It makes perfect cookie dough. It is perfect size for mini muffin pans, especially if you have toddlers and you're making the mini muffins rather than regular muffins. That number 40 scoop, I use Several times a week in my house. I also would say get yourself a good knife and make sure you have a knife sharpener. You can get a manual one for like ten or twelve dollars. I mean, I have a nice, expensive electric one, but you don't need that. But a ten or twelve dollar knife sharpener will make that knife work so much better for you. So I really believe that you've got to have a good knife. The other thing is that you want a good heavy-bottom skillet. I make most of my foods in a skillet. If it's a sauce, if it's a soup. I I'm usually making them in a skillet and you want one that has a very heavy bottom because you're going to get better browning with a heavy bottom skillet because it won't warp over time. Skillets that are flimsy tend to warp. And so a good heavy bottom skillet.
1: Those are great, great things to add to your list for your birthday holiday gifts, like need to have those things. I agree. The scooper, is it just an ice cream scooper? It's
0: technically a restaurant supply scoop and it is two and three quarters tablespoons. It's just the handiest tool. I'm telling you, I use it all the time. Okay, taking note of that
1: one. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I wanna ask you some go-to meals, like a lazy meal- a really good comfort meal, and then maybe a really good meal for if you want to impress somebody.
0: My favorite lazy meal is chicken noodle soup. I always have either a box of chicken broth or homemade chicken broth in my freezer. I usually keep pre-cooked chicken in my freezer. I boil up a box of noodles and put it together and chicken noodle soup. That's kind of comfort food, but that's my lazy meal. My comfort food meal is cheeseburger baked potatoes. This Mm -hmm. is, I take ground beef with onions and I cook it and I use that disc technique. And then I put that on top of either baked potatoes or baked sweet potatoes and top it with pickles and cheese. And I like mustard. Some of my kids like ketchup, but anything that would taste like a cheeseburger and it's super hearty, super easy. That's what I take anytime a new mom has a baby, especially if they have older kids, because it can be gluten-free. It can be dairy-free if you keep off the cheese, but oh my gosh, you just eat this potato topped with everything that tastes like a cheeseburger. That is my comfort food meal. Mm. And if you're wanting something fancier, I I'm not that fancy of a girl if you, if you want to know the truth, but some of my favorite girl food is a really good quiche. I have an asparagus and cheese quiche on my website that if I am having a girlfriend over for lunch and I just want like girl food rather than kid food, Mm -hmm. I'm breaking out a quiche and I use a shortcut. I use a, I use a pre-made crust from the grocery store. Like it doesn't have to be all homemade. It's super easy. And oh my gosh, I'd love myself a good quiche. Okay. I love that. Those
1: are great ones. And I love that you kind of just take away the stress from it all because that's, that's what we need, right? As we get sort of to the end here, I want to know some of your best and worst advice, and you can either take this with food and cooking or with parenting or both just best advice, worst advice that you have heard.
0: You know, my best advice for motherhood, and it kind of goes to cooking too, there are seasons. You're going to have a season when your kids are taking so much of your time that you can hardly focus on anything else. And leaning into that season, knowing that you're going to have the opportunity to do the things that you're dreaming of later really helped me. So my best advice is motherhood is season, And that's what works with cooking too. Sometimes you're going to be getting a rotisserie chicken every other day and using it a million ways because you don't have time to cook. And sometimes you're going to have time to really develop new family traditions and new family meals. Both are good, but they happen in different times of your life. And that's going to ebb and flow. You know, the worst advice is that everybody has to eat the same way. I really believe that you can eat how your family chooses to eat and that's okay.
1: Perfect. This is one of my favorite questions to ask people is your favorite way as a mom to do self-care when you get some time to yourself and you're going to unwind, what is your go to um, me time?
0: Well, I love to take a magnesium bath and that is a bath with like an entire bag of Epsom salts in it. My husband can tell, he's like, you haven't had a bath this week. You need to go take a bath. Yes. And it calms me. It centers me, the quiet and the, I usually do it in like a dark bathroom, like the quiet and the dark and the heat is just something that calms me down and refreshes me and energizes me, even though it's relaxing. Amazing. I love it.
1: And then the last part here is a question that I have from my previous guest.
0: When is the last time you challenged yourself to do something extremely uncomfortable? Just this week, I did something that was out of my comfort zone. I don't know I had to push myself to do it, but I'm so glad I did. My personality is such that I'm usually the person who's in charge. I'm usually the person that is taking care of everyone else. And this past week, I joined a Bible study at my church where I am not in charge. I don't have to set up. I don't have to clean up. I don't have to be in charge of a small group. I can just go and be me. And that's something that I rarely, rarely do. But I tell you what, it is energizing and it is a joy.
1: That's great. And with that, we're going to just give people the opportunity to get in touch with you, to find all the recipes you talked about and maybe reach out to you for some of some help.
0: I'm at Feed Your Family Tonight on Instagram. I have the Feed Your Family Tonight Facebook group. And if you want a copy of my free weekly meal planning sheet, go to feedyourfamilytonight.com plan. And that goes through my three-step process for getting weeknight dinner on the table.
1: Okay, Marie, thank you so much. This was so good. I have notes that I need to go apply to my life now. So I appreciate you for coming on.
0: Oh, Allie, the pleasure was mine. Thank you so much for having me here.
1: Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network.